Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais in Ontario, Canada, with episode number 128 of The Yacking Show. This is a show for awakening you to the new perspectives we need for a changing world. And as always, we have interesting guests. Today is no exception, a real firecracker today, but I mustn't give the show away. So first, I must introduce my co-host. My co-host is Kathleen Bove from Keritech Solutions, who can help you with all your IT development needs. And she introduces guests so much better than me. I'm going to shut up and say, hi, Kathleen, welcome. <laughs> hi, Peter. Thanks for that intro. <laughs> and thank you all so very much for tuning into our show. We so appreciate you. And we love reading your comments. So do please keep those coming. And if anyone out there is interested in being a guest on our show, please don't hesitate to reach out to either Peter or myself. And as Peter mentioned, we do have another special guest with us today. I'm really excited because if anything, this is such a, an uplifting and motivational story. You have to hear this. Please welcome Tahani Aburane to the show. Hello, Tahani. How are you? Hello, Kathleen. And hello, Peter. Thank you both for having me on. It's such a pleasure. So Tahani, just to give our audience a little bit of background, you're an, a real estate investor who helps create wealth and financial security through real estate. You're also the author of a book titled Real Estate Riches. And can you, can you tell our audience a little bit about your background? You have such an interesting, uh, an interesting story to share. You were born in a refugee camp in Amman, Jordan. And you moved to Canada when you were only 15 years old. So take it away. Tell us a little bit about your background. It's, it's amazing how the world has its own way of creating miracles. Here I am teaching about real estate investing. Yet I was born in a refugee camp or no houses or anything like that. So I was born in Mount Jordan, as you already know, and at age 15, something happened in my life that actually changed the whole direction or um, my dreams and everything that I hoped for as a young girl to something totally new. And it was not because of a decision I made for myself, but because of a decision that my parents made for me. And that is they arranged for my marriage at an age um, uh, 15. So one day I was going home to to a normal school day, you know, winter, beautiful February day. And then there was a party and I, you know, walk in and I heard a voice of saying, congratulations. And I'm like, what's happening? And they're like, you just got married. I'm like, to whom? You know, that was the first, you know, thought in my head. So it was shocking. I know here I am smiling about it right now, but certainly for a 15 year old girl, it was shocking and it was um and, and it was really a lot to take in in terms of like oh my gosh you know like who is this person first you know where am i going where is this place called canada and i need to learn how to be a wife and i need to learn how to speak english and i need to learn this and that and and i remember when i cried and i went to my dad my dad sent me over and he said, just remember to honey, this is not really about you. And then that's another wow, like, oh my gosh. Okay, then what is this about? He goes, really, this is for you, but it's mostly also for all the whole family, for your brothers and sisters, for really um, remembering that 
you do well and, and you come back and you also take care of your brothers and sister here in the camp. So it was a lot for a 15 year old girl, you know, as a child to take on all of that responsibility at such a young age. Oh, wow, I, wow. I can't imagine that. So you came over to Canada as a, as a young bride. You were married by the time you came to Canada. Now, yes. that in and of itself, and most 15-year-olds here are not married, did that, I'm just curious, did that pose any issues when you were here? It was, uh, it was pretty hard. I went to Galt Collegiate Institute, which is GCI here in Cambridge, and I would be, it was shocking for me, first you can only imagine, I mean, I've never seen anybody hold hands or kiss, not even on TV, you know, to mm. come here seeing kids in the hallway holding hands and hugging, and it was girls and boys, not just a girl's school or a boy's school, so there was a lot of changes, you know, for me to see what's happening here, but on the other side, the kids also in Canada, they thought it was also strange to see such a young girl being married. And for them, it was also different and unique to see somebody. And I would be walking down and they would say, are you married? Are you married? Are you married? To the point where I asked my um, teacher, Mrs. Beard, English as a second uh, language teacher, is to please, if you can have, you know, somebody tell everybody not to keep asking me if I'm married because I am married. And that's, I don't know what they did at the time, but that was um, the difference between here and there, and not only just for me, but also for the students in, in GCI as well. Wow, wow. I, as I said just before we started the show, I came also as an immigrant, and I came from having spoken English all my life, but I spoke British English. And I get to Canada, and it's, it's something like American English, but different to that too. And I had fairly big problems trying to make myself understood speaking the same language. So I can only imagine what it was like for you who didn't speak English when you came. How did you get over that? You know what, Peter? Um, a lot of hustle, a lot of work, you know, where like you have to imagine again, such a young age where yeah. kids in grade nine and 10, they would play after school and they would go there, do your own fun stuff. I would be going home attending to my housewife duties first and cooking and doing all the cleaning and doing all of that and uh, and also you know we'd be like going through the dictionary and at the time dictionaries were sure. like a book you know yeah so yeah. Like word by word what does a plus mean or what does a minus mean and this and that so it was a lot of you know really just working at it making it work for me being adaptable trying to really go with the change and not just um feeling like you know resentful towards anything that just happened to me it's like um as a young girl as a young girl my dad instilled the belief in me that i am capable of doing anything i set my mind into doing and that kind of stayed with me even with these hard times it's like you know what I know I can finish high school and I've always wanted to go to school. And it was like my number one goal. It wasn't like, you know, oh, I got to be a good wife or I got to, you know, learn about Canada. No, it just, I have to finish high school. That was my number. And I stayed right. focused on that goal. Well done. Very good. Thank you. To Kathleen. 
Oh, I have so many other questions to ask you about your story. I know that uh, we want to get into into the business end of things. So, oh goodness. Uh, all right. So let's let's keep going. <laughs> but I really, you know what? We need to have you back to Hani and just focus in on your personal story because it really Thank is a fascinating you. one. Um, so, what you you we already established you went into real estate investing, but what makes real estate a powerful tool for building wealth? And first of all, what led you into real estate and specifically real estate investing? So let's start with that. Great questions. You know, three great questions right after each other. Real estate, real estate investing and what makes real estate um, as a great tool to build wealth. And how I got into real estate is first, um, you know, I went on to, I was a natural, I guess I would call it natural entrepreneur, because even in the refugee camp, I used to think of ideas of cooking like sweets and um, give it to my brothers to go sell in the market because Mm -hmm. girls couldn't sell it. So I would teach my brothers to go sell it in the market and then we would take the cost and then we would split the profits. No one taught me that. That was just something that within me that made that happen. I would think of games and I would teach them to my brothers and my brother would go to the market and then they would, you know, play those games and um, whatever profit they would come back and would split it. So I guess that natural um, entrepreneur, you know, business Mm -hmm. thing was within me at a young age. And when I came to Canada, um, I have uh, brought my family years later. So I still listen to my dad and brought the whole family. So it bettered everybody. And my brother wanted to open a little, um, a little like a chaos or a little like booth in the flea market. And with me, I'm like, why the flea market? Why not open our own store? Why not go bigger? This is just how I think. And, and then finally, we decided to open um, the first dollar store in Cambridge, Ontario on Main Street, actually. And I went about to open that dollar store. I was very proud that we did it. And I helped my brother get it to a really good place before I left to get into real estate. But how I got into real estate is there was an office, uh, a broker or a brokerage, and the manager across the road would come and buy like water or, you know, cigarettes or something from the dollar store. And he would see me interact with people and he would always say, honey, you should get into real estate. Tahani, you should get into real estate. And mind you, I haven't bought or sold anything on my own at the time. And I'm like, real estate? It was like a different, again, a different new thing for me. Finally, I kind of believed in what he saw in me and I thought, I'll try it. My brother was doing really amazing. That store was thriving at the time. I left it for him and I went and I took my courses and got into the real estate um, industry. But what got me into, yeah, What got me into the real estate investing was a totally different story because real estate uh, industry is amazing being a realtor, just like, you know, any other realtor that you see out where our business is cyclical, like, you know, one time is Mm -hmm. up, one time is down, like it depends on the season. And I kind of liked it, but I kind of like, you know, didn't like it. And we can talk about how it took me six months of cold calling, you know, every day, a hundred calls for people to see if they want to buy or sell. And people would say, no, no, no. Can you imagine how many people would have quit for six months calling every day to see if somebody will give them a chance to sell a house? 
and or you know give them a, a chance to buy a house and i got no no but i was very um consistent and very um like i i kept saying that it will happen i just have to keep on doing it and i did it too until i said to myself one time i gotta start door knocking instead of cold calling you know and i went to door knock and and one of the um my first buyer gave me the chance and i saw after six months and i keep thinking how often now people a days quit so fast like can you imagine like quit so fast they want to be rich fast they want to lose weight fast they want to have it all fast which is really successful people they go at it for a long time but then you see the success and you think it's overnight but it's not overnight you have to do, you have to do the things that people are not willing to do in order for someone to be successful right Wow. I know I'm talking a lot. Do you want me to continue or yes, any questions? Well, please go ahead and, and tell us again about the how real estate is, you know, how, how you got into the investment aspect of it and how you use that in order to help people build wealth. Thank you. 22 years after my marriage um, came in to an end and it was because of the decision I've made. And I became so focused that I had to, I left with nothing and I had to go out and make it on my own again, 22 years later. And, um, and I started asking for business again, you know, like who, who, who wants to sell, who wants to buy. And I kept asking people until one day I've met this gentleman who went to high school with me in grade nine and 10 that, um, that I've met at GCI and he's a car mechanic and his name is Ash and I've met Ash and I said, Ash, do you want to buy or sell? And he's like, I don't want to sell, but I am looking to buy. But what I want to buy is a property that needs work, a property that I can fix. And what he was talking is about, uh, he wants to find a flip, a property that he can flip, fix and sell again. That's what he was trying to tell me. And I said, I don't know anything about real estate investing, but I'm willing to go and look for this property for you, which I did, found it. He closed on it. He fixed it. Now, mind you, he's a car mechanic. And then we sold it three and a half year, three and a half months later for a profit of 48000 Wow. 48000 in about three and a half months later after all expenses. Yeah. And then that's when the light in my head, like, like, oh my gosh, first of all, this seems like a business to me, you know, this is a business, it's a profit, a loss, this is, you know, um, somebody, it takes them a whole year to make 40, you know, $8,000 he made in such a short time, and he made it as a side hustle, yeah. like, he was a car mechanic, but he did it as a side hustle, and that's when I became obsessed in learning everything I could about, about real estate investing and about building wealth and making more money with real estate. And, and that started the whole journey of me getting into and attracting more and more and more investors. Wow. Mm. That is, that's a good one. That's good. Very good. And is your car mechanic friend still doing the same thing? Still flipping houses? The yeah, but he still has, but he's still also a mechanic, and he still has still. a shop. 
Yeah. 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 Wow. Lovely. Yeah. Lovely. Lovely. So, so here's one. Yeah. I, I've been under the impression that the the selling of real estate has has been dominated by women. Now, maybe I'm wrong on that, but I I see so many female names on for sale signs, so many more than than male names. Um, but you're focusing on helping women create wealth through real estate. So, so what yeah. made you focus on that? Huge distinction, and thank you for asking that because. There is a lot of women selling real estate, but yet most of them, and very small percentage of them are building wealth through real estate. See, that's the difference. Where before I started focusing on and, and helping and supporting women, I looked at my clientele and 89 to 94%, it depends on the year, they were all men. Men right. would come to me because men handled the money, men handled the financing and the real estate and the investment. And they would come to me and say, Tahani, this is how much money I have and this is what I've got. What else can I do to grow this for my family? And I would be like, where is the wife? Where is your daughter? Where are the women in your life? You know, why not bring them to the table so that they also understand this? Mm -hmm. And that's, um, so I've been helping men all along to the point where in 2018, early on 2018, I said, I'm going to put an event for any woman that wants to learn about real estate investing and really more or less just to show them the ropes of how I went from like nothing to multimillionaire. And I'm talking about multimillionaire even before the pandemic, because right now everyone is a millionaire, you know, yeah. <laughs> because of their houses. And we'll talk about that in a bit. But um, and I wanted to teach them what I've learned, what works for me, what kind of investments are good, how to make money with real estate investing with as little as possible. So, and I said, who wants to learn? I'm here. I thought I was going to get 10 women, maybe 20. Little did I know they start, you know, growing the numbers and I'm like, oh, oh, I better, you know, book a room to book in a room that could host actually a hundred women. And um, the day of the event, I also had a huge lined up where the hotel room is and we couldn't get more than nine more because the capacity was at like 109. So wow. yeah, it was a huge. And, and that day after that whole event, I drove from Toronto back to Kitchener. I was crying in the car, but crying out of gratefulness, out of, um, you know, uh, fulfillment of it's one thing when you want to do something for others but it's another thing when the other person is ready to hear the message and right. I yeah and I felt that I wanted to teach this woman but it was this woman also were ready as well to hear this message from another you know woman mm -hmm. and and that was the most amazing incredible feeling that i felt and 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 i did and that fire conference i call it the fire conference and fire stands for females in real estate it's an acronym for females in real estate um was so amazing 
the 2019, I wanted to do it. And I thought I would get maybe 100, maybe even two, because there was a lineup where we ended up having 500. 500. Wow. That is incredible. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. And I didn't have it during the um, pandemic. No, sure. We are planning on 2022 fire conference is going to be even larger than ever before you know and um and i'm very very looking forward to it so well well, we must make it sorry kathy we must make a note that when you've got a date for that we want to bring you back on here to talk about that in advance so more people get the opportunity thank you thank you thank you thank you and and kathleen i would love to have you there even as a complimentary just because you know you're a woman you're also hustling and you're also doing and there is nothing better than just building i mean men are invited too but really it's mostly focused on women because that's where they need to be encouraged and they need to be uplifted a bit more than you know men just because men naturally you know look for that and 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 ask for that and do that but women are not and they think they're not capable of doing such a thing. Oh, Tahani, I'm so there. I would love to attend. Absolutely. Now, a lot of these women, I take it, have turned this into a career themselves, right? The, the whole yeah. investing. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Unbelievable. Yeah. So you also offer courses and partnership opportunities. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? I mean, it's, it's not. I just want to kind of remark on your uh, previous remark. It's For women that come to the conference, you don't have to be fully in real estate or doing real estate investing or doing flipping. It could be just a side hustle like the mechanic, you know, Ash, my client Ash. And most women actually have it as a side hustle where they do, you know, um, they acquire property or two. And you don't have to even flip. You can just buy and hold for a long time and, and that will appreciate. I mean... Look at what real estate, what we just went through the last year, real estate went up the roof. Anyone who had one or two properties, can you imagine the equity that they've built, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. just by holding, doing nothing and just buying and holding properties. And, and that's the, that's what I, you know, that's what I'm passionate about teaching and encouraging, you know, and my goal is to help, you know, um, 10,000 women on at least one. Like, I'm not talking about having a portfolio of 50 or 100 houses. I'm talking about just one property. If you can get one property and do nothing but sit on it, then that will take you through retirement years, maybe education for your young kids, maybe, you know, extra cash if you want to travel later on. Whatever the goal is, it's there for you. Oh, mm-hmm. you have me pumped. I'm excited. <laughs> So once again, you you do offer courses on your website, um, as well as partnership opportunities. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, I would love. So for anyone that wants to learn how to flip properties, I have a course on that. There is also an introductory course on money mindset, because there are some people that have blocks into like, you know, sometimes you always, you wonder why some people attract money and some people repel money. And that's what I talk about beliefs and what you believed as a young person from your mom, your dad, and culturally and all of that stuff. So there is a course on money mindset, it's called. And then there is also a course on how do you buy your first property. So instead of blindly going out and just getting something and then later on finding that it was not the right strategy for you, it's not the right area for you, it's not the right tenant 
for you. The tenants are giving you such a hassle and, um, and maybe appreciate a little bit versus appreciating a lot. The whole idea is really making your money work harder for you than you work than you working for that money so i have a course it's called igniting ignite your wealth and it's really about real estate fundamentals how do you analyze a deal how do you know how to cash flows um how do you pick a tenant what area is good versus other areas how do you find an area how do you build a team it's everything um, about real estate investing in one course that is being offered and it's called the Ignite, um, Ignite Your Wealth and it is on my website. Excellent. Very good. Great, great. So, <clears throat> you wrote a book and you, you've done a lot of public speaking and there are successful people, investors and real estate people who don't write books and, and get into public speaking. So what motivated you to get into those two areas? Yeah, for everything I, I believe in my life happens organically. When you go, you know, and you do your thing sometimes, you know, the universe kind of have you uh, or uplift you or some people, they call it luck, something else happens. So I was very focused on helping investors how to invest in real estate and how to build wealth with real estate. Um, and then there was Wiley and Sons, and you're a writer, Peter, so you right. would know this. Wiley and Sons is one of the largest business publishers in North America. Sure. And they were looking for a, a realtor that has been helping real estate investors because they wrote uh, a lot of books okay. on real estate investing. But they want to hear it from a realtor perspective on how realtors go about to help real estate investors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they were going from one event to another in Toronto asking, you know, for a realtor that you would recommend. And my name kept coming up. They came, they approached me. Oh, nice. And, wow. Yeah. And they're like, honey, we want you to write a book. And I'm like, the, like the executive editor, you know, of Wiley and Sons came up to me and like, um, I, I'm not a writer. I don't know how to write. Like English is my second language. I don't know how to. And he's yeah. like, don't worry about that. You just kind of record it. You put it on, you know, re recordings. I record it. I tell them what I do with clients, how I do it and everything. And someone else write it. Mm -hmm. And um, 2012, the book was published and the baby was born. And it was one of my, uh, it's like a baby. It's like really having a baby. And I'm very, very grateful for that. And um, the best thing about real estate riches, a money-making game plan for the Canadian investor because it's really Canadian-based um, real estate investing because we're here in Canada. And um, that book, the, the best thing about it is that I also give 100% of the royalties to care.org organization, which is also helping women in third world countries. So all of the royalties go to care.org, which is I'm very proud of because oh, God bless me good. just passing that on. Oh, excellent, excellent. That is wonderful. Now this next question, you've, you've already <clears throat> touched on this a little bit, Tahani, uh, about, you know, you found yourself a single mom at the age of 37, basically starting your life all over again. I can't even imagine that. And how frightened you must have been, or perhaps you're not, or you weren't, but how did you overcome, and how did you overcome those obstacles and even were able to flourish? Because that was a huge decision to make. And in fact, you didn't really have 
the support of your family at that point, right? They wanted you to stay married, isn't that right? A hundred percent, yes. And it's really fear of the unknown, fear of like, what happens? It's easy to stay content and um, in a secure position and not to really take a chance on life, whether it's your job, whether it's your, you know, anything that you are going through, sometimes you go, oh, but it's not so bad. You convince yourself, oh, someone else has it worse. Yes, someone else has it worse, but you owe it to yourself and the people that you love to really go out and do your best at, you know, at whatever that you want. And I knew that that marriage was not a healthy marriage and I knew it was not healthy for me or for my kids. And I knew I had to leave because if I did not leave, then I would be an old miserable lady, you know, where I was. And I did not know how I was gonna go about and do this. You have to remember like mentally, I was brought up in a culture that men take care of women. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I didn't even think, I, I don't know Kathleen, you might even, even though you're in Canada here, you might've even had some of these same, you know, thoughts. It's a universal, you know, like thinking of, you know, that I don't know if I'm capable. I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can raise my kids and be a businesswoman. I don't know if I can handle both. But the reality is for sure we can if we are willing to really give it our all, give it our all. And how I thought about that is that I thought I got to go for it and I have to, like, it's a ship and the ship has to sail. And once I've sailed, I can't look back and keep thinking, what if, what if, what if. And I went and I gave it my all. I mean, but I also didn't sit on my butt thinking, oh, please, God, send me clients. Oh, God, please send me money. I didn't. I truly went out and I went and I asked for business and I asked for, you know, people believing in me. And, and, and what I did was amazing. And I did not realize at the time that I was connecting my business to a personal, almost like, um, a situation which is like when I see, you know, people and I'd say, or even door knock on builders, you know, offices. And I would say, I need to work. I need to sell. I need to, you know, do this. And it's not just only for me, but I have to also take care of my kids. And people saw that drive and they saw that it was also helping her help her kids. And people loved that. And that was a way of connecting, which I didn't know really I was doing that. And that's um, when people start believing in my you know, in my ability to do whatever it takes to sell their property or to find them a property. And that's where the sky became a limit. And I want every listener to think that, you know, we are our own worst enemy. We always in our head, we think we can't do it. Or maybe what if people refuse us? Or maybe what if I fail? It doesn't matter if you fail at that time, then you can find another way. Or if people don't support you, like I called a hundred people every day and they said, no, 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 it doesn't matter because one will say yes. So I want people to know that persistent adaptability, being flexible. So when one door closes, you can open another door or think of another idea, creativity, of, okay, this is not working. What else can I do to make it work is what's going to get you there. And it's not like you try it once and then it doesn't work. And then you go, oh, oh my luck is bad. I don't think this is going to work. Right. 
Well done. We're, we're <clears throat> running towards the end of our time, but I've got a burning question I have to ask you. I think you partly That's answered it. It runs with a fire, you know, conference, burning question. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> You've partly answered it in your last answer to Kathleen. You've had lots of experience and see, you've been successful yourself and you've met a lot of successful people. And I guess you've seen your fair share of people who have not been successful. So if, if I was to ask you, what's the one personal characteristic you believe is the most important, the key thing that's, that makes the difference between people who become successful and not just in business, in any, any endeavor, and those who, be, who remain average or fail all the time? What's that real magic? What's the characteristic that separates the two? It's a very hard um, answer to answer in one word, because honestly, like I think consistent is one, you have to be consistent in mm -hmm. after your dream. You have to go after your dream. You have to also being adaptable. You have to be also creative, you know? Like I feel like it's a sum of few things that if you start, you know, going at what you want, and then not taking a no if it doesn't work, like saying, I'm going to find another way that's creativity, then that's where really is going to differentiate people that were really do good at it or not good at it. I mean, I know even from my own clientele, like I've helped thousands of real estate investors and I know some of them, they give up. Oh, I have a bad tenant and this doesn't work. Well, it does work because it worked for many before you, but are you really willing to put that effort into making it work or you're just one of those people that want to believe you can be a millionaire with no money no work no hustle no nothing you know so it's all of those things all of those things okay but consistency is a big one right you gotta keep you gotta keep persistent, going i would say persistent you know being yep. you know persistent yes so great thank you how do people contact you Oh, the best thing is really to email me info at tahani.ca and my name is spelled T-A-H-A-N-I or to go to my website and then see what I offer. And if there is, you know, when, when it comes to partnerships is that if you have money and you don't know what to do with it, there is also joint venture agreements and then there is other collaborations that we can do. Just look at what you see and if something, you know, feels um calling you or you want to know more about of course then just give me an email so tahani.ca www.tahani.ca or info at tahani.ca I, I i'm going to get into real trouble with kathleen but i'm going to take another 30 seconds i've got to ask you this question someone who's got a bit of some inflation is looming inflation is going up we're seeing it when we buy groceries cars whatever Someone sitting on a bit of money at the moment, maybe they, maybe they sold a property recently and they're thinking of investing in real estate. Should they buy now or should they hold for a bit longer? See, that's a question I get no matter which market we're in, whether inflation is up, inflation is down, you know, the market is good, the market is slow. It's always, do I buy now or do I buy later? And my answer is you buy when you find the right property. You buy when you find a cash flowing property and one that can appreciate for you. So it's more about the property than what the market is doing. It doesn't too. matter what market we're in. It's really about finding the right thing for you. And then there is many strategies and which strategy is right for you. And that's where the Ignite program really clarifies 
what is what, and then you can decide, oh, this is better for me, this is okay, this is good. And then you start also understanding how to find the right property and not just buy blindly, hoping like it's gonna go up and hoping sure. it's gonna do well and then you end up losing it and then you go, oh, I hate real estate because real estate is no good, I lost my money. Good answer and, there, and you've got it. Anyone asking the same question I just asked, Go to Tahani's website and sign up for the course. Thanks, Tahani. Oh, thank Tahani. you, Peter. Thank you, Kathleen. It was such a pleasure having you on the show today, Tahani. Thank you so much. And thank you all so very much for tuning into our show. Once again, we so appreciate you and love reading your comments. So do please keep those coming. And if anyone out there is interested in being a guest on our show, please don't hesitate to reach out to either Peter or myself. So until next time, everyone, bye-bye.